This is Rugger Matrix America. Everybody, welcome to the show. And boy, has it been tough to get you a new show. I, you know, out here in the Pacific Northwest, if you've been watching the news, if you if you check out the Weather Channel, you'll be seeing that we've been hit with a bunch of storms and and uh, went through a good portion of last week without any power or internet or water or heat for a good portion of that. We even tried to do a show, and uh, the show was great except for the sound quality. There was a strange little tick, 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 ticking sound, so we have a, uh, a terrific hour-long show in the books for you that you can't hear, but we will be writing up some of that uh, stuff that we got out of it from Dan Payne and Colton Carriaga at Life University, and that was really good. But we've got everybody back. This is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com, and we have Bruce McLean in New York City, and we have Pat Clifton fresh off his birthday celebrations in Kansas City, and uh, we've got a great guest. So, guys, how are you doing? I am doing good, and actually, I was, uh, I was, Dan, I was talking to Leanne Pigari, who is now Leanne Kiever, married to Chris Kiever, one of the guys that you played football with at VMI. Yeah. And they yeah. said to say hello and wanted to say hello on the show. So it was it's ironic because I got a uh, I got a Facebook uh, request from her the other day to to be friends, you know. Which, uh, as you know, with me, I know I don't get many friend requests, you know. So uh, it was uh, ironic. Yeah. So it would have happened because I was talking to her on Sunday, actually on Facebook. So that's probably uh, that's yeah. probably why she sent you the request. Excellent. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing great as well, uh, assuming you still wanted to know. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited about the show. Excellent. Well, well, the show is we have uh, Dan Lyle on the show, and, and Dan Lyle is the former captain of the USA national team, uh, uh, one of the, the, the earliest converts from football, played football at uh, Virginia Military Institute, um, had a look at the NFL, had a big choice to make back in uh, back in the uh, mid-90s, 1994, 93, uh, decided to try rugby and eventually became one of the first professional, uh, American professional rugby players playing for Bath for uh, pretty much his entire career, uh, capping that off uh, with the 2003 World Cup, played under Jack Clark and Duncan Hall and Tom Billups. And now Dan Lyle is the tournament director and executive vice president at USA Sevens. And uh, you, just a disclaimer, uh, if you didn't know that USA Sevens also owns Rugby Magazine and RugbyMag.com, and uh, both I and Pat work for that organization. So we're, we're colleagues as well, but we're, we're interviewing Dan on his event here, which is, of course, the USA Sevens in Las Vegas. It's a very long intro. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you. Happy to be here, guys. Uh, and uh, Bruce, uh, and uh, I appreciate your uh, introduction, my long lost friends, and Pat, happy birthday. Well, well, Dan, I, I think one of the big things about the USA Sevens is that uh, uh, people who follow rugby in the United States do want rugby to be more and more popular and they do want events to do well they people do ask about the the fan attendance at uh, national team games and at other big events that go on um 
throughout the the calendar. But the USA Sevens is the biggest event that's going on, and I think that people are concerned about how that event is going. So the big question is, how do ticket sales look? What does it look like for a crowd for this year? Well, I think first of all, um, the we, we've added a third day, and I think a lot of people know about that. But uh, we've added the third day Friday evening. Um, funnily enough, a lot of the tournaments go Friday, Saturday, um, either be, be holiday or they think Friday helps them get that the crowd versus a Sunday. Uh, and uh, and of course, Hong Kong has always had a problem Sunday. I'll buy it with 24 teams versus 16. And and uh, we understand that in the future, the Olympic format, um, you know, probably will take a three or even a four day format to spread that out, get fans in the stadium men's and women's in the same stadiums type of opportunities. So um, we've extended it, and it's going to give us the opportunities to grow uh, not only the fan uh, numbers, which is good for our bottom line, but also the integration of the women's event, integration of more uh, of the uh, of our Las Vegas Invitational teams. Uh, so, for example, the women's semifinals and finals are, are in the stadium this year. The men's elite, um, which has got eight other international men's teams plus eight um, Barbarian-esque or uh, or American club teams, um, and then the uh, our CRC qualifier final and so forth. So all those things are going well, which uh, which which uh, is great. And then the and the fans have responded. We're a hundred percent up on ticket sales at this time last year, both in revenue and in numbers. Um, if that's the indication, then we should have a fantastic crowd. Friday will be the the hard sell, as it is all over the world, even in the traditional countries. Friday is not a an easy sell. Um, but uh, Saturday and Sunday, them to be tracking almost parallel. Uh, and if people were at the event last year, they saw a little bit of a dip on Sunday. So we're pretty excited. Um, it's going well, and uh, and uh, you know, but you know, we have a walk-up crowd as well as we still uh, fill the the proposition for fans. So if you're late late to getting tickets, then uh, Friday you probably have a, a bit better shot at getting the seats you want. Yeah, I mean the the the, the VIP areas um, uh, sell out. Uh, the reserve tickets sell out. They're they're relatively close right now. We probably should be at, well, announcing a few of those. Um, so field level tickets, which are our GA tickets, which is two thirds of the stadium, are still there, uh, and, and there's quite a few of them because we have three days. It's a uh, 120,000 tickets to sell. Um, so we have we have plenty of those uh, of those tickets, uh, but. Um, we have a we have the printed home for the three day ticket this year, so you can buy online right up to the last minute. You, everyone knows that we have huge lines for uh, for the fans, so we have to uh, so it's a it's a good place to go online and print that out. Or uh, our new partner in Stations Casino uh, and their therefore uh, outlets uh, have partnerships with UNLV, so you can buy at those places if you're staying there. And we have over 4,000 room nights booked at those four properties, uh, so we know a lot of people are staying there, including the LBI teams and. You can go to uh, Sam Boyd Stadium or Thomas and Mac Thursday or Friday or whenever you get in town to buy your tickets to avoid those lines uh, at the stadium. Um, Dan, you mentioned uh, some of the games that you're going to add that are going to be in the stadium on Saturday. Um, I know that the first year of the CCS um, for Belmont Shore and the Chicago Lions to get to play in front of the crowd on Saturday night was uh, was a huge deal for them and, and a big part of the reason they really enjoyed the competition. Um, last year they didn't get to do it, uh, but the, with the Elite Sevens they're back in the stadium, and with the CRC qualifier they're back in the stadium. Did you get a lot of, uh, I'll say, complaints or beckoning from um, the people that play in those competitions to to maybe have a little bit better uh, limelight on on Saturday? Because it seems to me like it's one of the cooler opportunities in uh, American rugby for 
for a, a club team uh, that does really well in Elite Sevens or for a college team to get to play in front of that many fans because, realistically speaking, nowhere else does a college kid have a chance to play in front of thirty or 40,000 people yet. Yeah, certainly we heard people loud and clear, Pat, and, and, uh, and we, we take on um, feedback seriously and uh, we respond to uh, just about every comment that comes our way, whether it be through social media or directly. And, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, my name and my email are up on the, in the public domain, so, uh, so uh, I have two inboxes. <laughs> um, but uh, the, uh, the format in the first year was an ABC broadcast one week, one hour delayed. Uh, the second second was, you know, uh, eight hours of live television a day, and we had to jam everything in on Saturday and Sunday to try to get in. Last last year's Sunday event went from nine in the morning to almost ten o'clock at night, so that we could finish on the Sunday at three o'clock. And we had to reverse order the finals and do all kinds of things to try to jam all this stuff together. And and one of the uh, casualties of that was the, uh, the 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 elite team uh, qualification in the stadium. Um, so we were. Uh, you know, we were upset about that, and uh, this year with the expansion of the three days, while there's a little bit of extra cost and a little bit of stuff there, it's great for the growth of the event, and over and we've added more, as we talked about, in the stadium. And I think we'll continue to add more, and we'll continue to marry the, uh, you know, the, 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 the competition, uh, the participation element, the semi-elite and the elite all into one large um, tournament that um, – that you know really recognizes uh, and puts value on all of those throughout uh, throughout the U.S. and and globally. I want to follow up asking about the um, Elite Sevens bracket because I am super impressed with the amount of teams, the, the quality of teams, and the national teams that you have in there. Um, I, would that be a, an emphasis that you guys had between last year and this year to see if you could get more national teams? There were a couple national teams slated to come last year that didn't make it, um, but you have more this year. So if they all show up. You've got a really, really great uh, second tournament for international teams. I've got to imagine that was a, you know, a goal or a target that you guys were working on. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, the, the LBI is a, is a great um, uh, business unit in itself within what we do, um, and um, we understand that uh, in, in creating the value proposition for our fans that, that rugby people want to play the game. You know, I want to play, you want to play, Bruce, Pat, we all want to play, um, and so. You give that opportunity to do that, and then really enjoy um, the, the the revelry of the uh, of the sevens, and, you know, and the competition itself. So, um, you know, we, we we put a special emphasis on on the LVI, and then we and then we took a step back and said, well, how do we create platforms? Um, certainly, the first couple of years in San Diego, we were more 15 dominant because that's you know pre a lot of the evolution of sevens in the last couple of years, I guess you guys would recognize that as well. And we gave a platform for people to just come play per my comment before, but now we've got eight or 10 sevens divisions that are all full, you know, and, and those are, that's a volume of teams that want to come there and align themselves and still have the 15s for early season competition, youth colleges that, that are in their sevens mode right now might be already in the 15s mode. So, I think the combination of those things, and then certainly, Pat, to your question, um, the the elite level competition um, that uh, you know that is something that um, that uh, there's not enough series tournaments, even with nine and then ten in next year's series. There's not enough, and people have to to uh, to play um, in uh, you know um, in these type of competitions, and you have to give them you know quality. So we've upgraded the fields both in, in uh, outside with the uh, you know, a lot more quality uh, 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 kits and so forth. 
they've upgraded some of the facilities um, for their use and really just trying to evolve. Uh, and certainly we're only in our third year, although this is the ninth year of the USA 7. It's hard to even recognize that. And next year will be the 10-year anniversary of USA 7s. And we've come a long way, and we've still got a long way to go, but we're moving in the right direction. I got a question about the fan experience. Um, one of the things that I enjoy most about the tournament isn't necessarily the sevens. It's actually seeing people and, and seeing people that you, you haven't seen in, in many, many years and, 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 you know, possibly they're from different areas of the country. And I think that it, it, you don't necessarily need to like fifth to like sevens as a, as a, as a real spectator to enjoy Las Vegas. You can go and you can go to the tournament and you'll see people that you may have played against years ago. You may see people that you haven't spent time with in 15 years and it'll be like you saw them yesterday afternoon sharing a beer with them. So I think that, can you talk us about some of that kind of stuff and some of the experiences you've had there? Because you are in Las Vegas. It is an unbelievable time. And even if you're not a real sevens aficionado, it is still worthwhile to go see all the people who were there and also you'll be able to see some of the up-and-coming talent that's happening in the women's and men's game on the outside and you'll be able to see some great stuff on the inside but more importantly you're actually able to go and see your friends and hang out and have a good time yeah i'm, I'm really proud of, of, of us being able to bring together um as i as i referenced a little bit earlier bruce all the different parts of the game and it's been really good to work with alex williams on the women's side uh, other poor people at USA Rugby, Lindsay, Lindsay Tiernan and Dave Hodges and others, you know, uh, Jared Beckstrom, a few, few people to really kind of put the message out that this is for everybody. And, and, you know, rugby geeks like you and I, we can't even sit through eight hours of, of per day of rugby sevens and so forth or 15s. You know, you need to get up, you need to do things. And so it, it, it's part of the, the tradition of sevens globally. Uh, and it's uh, and it's a tradition of kind of how we look at things in the United States, and certainly the 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 50% of the crowd that's expat as well. And really, what I mean by that is, you know, the Omaha of baseball. We're the Omaha of rugby in a lot of ways. That you you know that you're going to have a yearly place where you're going to be able to come and see those folks and say, hey, meet me in Vegas, go to the sevens and all of the. Uh, affiliated events, whether it's the golf scrumble, the poker event, the slot tournament, the UB40 gamble, or this year uh, we're, we're about to announce that we've got about 15 NFL guys and John Olomo, Sarevi, Michael Jones, Peter Fataloa, a bunch of people that are coming to the event to, to, to revel in, in American rugby, help us grow it, be part of it. Um, people can go to our schedule on the on the uh, on USA7s.com and see all the different activities that go on, and really you can just you know, put your arms around your, your mates, um, bring people that, that don't understand the game or don't know about the game and be really proud of it uh, and show those folks um, that, they're, um, that, that they're really excited about that. And we're pleased about that. We're pleased that it's growing. We're pleased that uh, we, we can offer that opportunity because it is not just um, a good thing to do and, and a great thing, and, and, and we enjoy being around all of our friends and, and colleagues, but it's also from a business, um, the the – the testimonials that we get from the DHLs and the Adidas and the uh, HSBCs and, and, and the Guinnesses and the so forth and so on and all the sponsors that are there um, are, are really a true testament of the USA 7s gives them exactly what they want as a multinational company and or targeting the U.S. Um, uh, rugby consumer. And, and we're excited because the, the, the event from the festival activation to the to the uh, to, to all the different uh, activations we do at our partner hotels at Caesars and stations and and at the event itself gives them as much as the fans the ability to communicate as well. 
Bruce just wants to uh, sit and stare at those bottom-loading beer cups. I, I will say that is one. That is one of the, that was one of the most impressive things that I that I that I saw at that tournament. I'd never seen it before. I was like, "Holy cow! This is the coolest thing ever!" And after well, no, about fif- no, after no. about fifteen of them, it's <laughs> no 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 uh, no gratuitous plug here, but uh, you can have your. Your bottom-up harp and your uh, and your top-down Guinness uh, this year uh, at the event. Guinness is our is our sponsor this year and uh, and tremendous. Uh, they're gonna do a lot of stuff and you're gonna see the Guinness girls uh, and, and cheerleaders and stuff running around the event. So uh, you'll you'll be doubly pleased, Bruce. Yes, Guinness. It's not just for breakfast anymore. <laughs> Makes you strong. Actually, the 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 company that made the system to to fill the beer up from the bottom is actually from the state of Washington, from some small town that nobody's ever wow, heard of. I it's think they probably exciting. smoked pot yeah. before they invented that thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, and a, a moment of inspiration. Uh, Which about yeah, Dan, there, you, you tend to lose inspiration when you do that in the state yeah. of Washington. Actually, speaking of beer, this leads into some some questions that I have, Dan. And one of the big things about putting. Uh, rugby tournament uh, rugby events on in the united states is every time you go to a new venue and you deal with a new uh concessions vendor there's always the same conversation which is you don't understand you know i i know we're only going to get eight thousand people to this stadium but you're going to have to have enough beer for sixteen thousand because they just drink more beer than most fans and uh, and the concessions people sort of nod knowingly and say uh, we're going to do it the way we do it because we've been doing it for years, and then they run out of beer, and that has happened at uh, more more uh, eagle tests than I can count. Um, USA Sevens has a little bit more control over that. You've got a little bit more experience over that. Um, do do you have any situations where you've you've had to educate concessionaires or or really other organizations in terms of what? rugby fans do or even what a sevens tournament is the fact that like you said they they're not going to sit and stare at the uh, watch the, the tournament and not move around they're going to get up do some other things during the day yeah certainly at the beginning uh first year in uh in la they ran out first year in san diego they ran out uh i think we had some really strong numbers it's the reason why uh, the city of Las Vegas, uh, the Convention of Visitors Authority in Las Vegas events, our partner there, um, you know, pulled us out of San Diego with, you know, um, with a partnership deal. And uh, so they and we had a lot of uh, historical data from there um, for the concessionaires, uh, which is a, uh, you know, the UNLV concessionaires, uh, you know, at San Boyd Stadium. So we had all of that and it was it was a big reason why uh, why we came and we got a great deal and we just done a new uh a new two-year deal with the stadium. We're working on a new uh, three-year deal with the city right now, um, and uh, it, it's why we um, why we why we can continue to do business and do businesses better because we we bring business to our partners and um, and uh, yeah. So certainly, I think that um, uh, you know we don't we, we, we like to focus um, or I guess for the the fan out there, um, we will use the negative stereotypes positively when we need to. <laughs> Um, you know that uh, the, the Bruce and his mates will uh, will, will, will will sit at the uh, bottom up uh, uh, station for a long period of time, and uh, you know will will go out and uh, you know and, and put put themselves through uh, you know a large amount of uh, uh, you know food and different things, and so all of those things put together um, when you combine them together make you uh, make you more valuable and make you part of uh, why uh, you're asked to renew and not. Uh, you know, you're not looking for the next place. And, uh, you know, as I said before, we're in our third year in Las Vegas. 
our fourth year in Vegas, which will be next year, which is uh, which is confirmed, and so forth, will be the tenth year. That'll be the first of you know if we think about L.A., San Diego now, where we we've gone past that threshold year and uh, of, of a three-year deal. So um, we're excited, and, and all those things lead to uh, greater value, and we'll, we're in a better business position as a company with uh, with those organizations in the in the Sandboy Stadium and in the city because of you know because of the uh, the ability of us to. Uh, to bring the crowd that that's going to be there for multiple days and uh, multiple hours. I got a question about the, a lot of people do have a negative stereotype about the behavioral issues. And, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. You, 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 you brought the sevens to America essentially. Um, and there really isn't behavior problems at all, anywhere ever. I mean, and, and, and I think that that's a testament to the types of people that we have in the game. And, and, and I, would you comment on that? Because I, I, I don't recall anything ever happening, and I certainly never saw anything except just having a good time and, and really a bunch of people from age 15, 16, 17, 18 to 75, really, having a, yeah, you're, you're, and having a good time. You're right. I mean, you said in some of those first um... – uh, meetings with stadium and security and police, which you do, uh, and uh, which you do at any stadium for um, for any event. And when you're, you're you're building your staffing and you're doing things and you're looking at all the different things you're there, and you know the, the connotation for rugby in America is that it's a rough sport, and so you know they want to staff up, uh, you know, like it's a you know uh, you know like it's a a riot, um, and then you 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 have to you just like the you know, the question on food and beverage and so forth, you really got to educate and, and, and talk to people. And I can count, you know, um, in, you know, uh, in now the ninth year of this, um, in all three cities, you know, in less than one hand of any, uh, one hand of, of arrests that were more based upon with, you know, a, uh, you know, a confrontation piece, you know? Uh, so, yeah, we, we have a, you know, compared to any football, baseball, basketball, hockey, or anything else. And, and it's one of the things that NBC, from a broadcast perspective, absolutely looks at and is, is one of the reasons why they're taken by the sport, is that the fair play and camaraderie, not just on the field, um, but off the field, is, is, is an earmark of who we are. And, and it's something that, uh, you know, that it's, that's always talked about in the professional era of, are we losing ethos? Are we gaining things? What are we doing? And it's, it's a way. It's something that we always have to protect. It should be the number one thing that that people talk about: health and safety. You know, risk management. You know, it should be the number one things in any state-based organization and any TU slash GU, all the way at the top. And we and protecting the value of the game is what everybody should be about. And and we're lucky as a game um, because uh, although we have the image, it's when we do things like this. It completely changes people's minds. And the top executives at, at industries, major cities, um, and stadiums are seeing that. But not only here, but our event in Philadelphia, you know, other places at USA Rugby do event. It changes the landscape. And that decision maker at the, you know, at the park and rec department or the athletic director and so forth, all of a sudden doesn't have the built-in excuse anymore. And um, so, yeah, Bruce, you're exactly right. But I, you know, I think like you, I think about it broadly. And, uh, and we're doing ourselves a service um, when uh, when people come in, they have so much fun, and they control themselves and be and, and be good uh, ambassadors for the game. And, and really, um, I remember talking about this with Alex years ago, and I used to say, you know, I as a Division One athlete in college, you know, I could party just as much or, or even better than any rugby guy could, 
um, but I didn't have to wear it on my chest. You know, it wasn't it wasn't about who I, I wasn't the party wasn't about who I was. You know, uh, you know, having fun with my friends was about who I was. Playing the sport was about who I was, but I didn't have to marry the two together. You know, and uh, you know, the, the game itself um, with, with the shared sacrifice, the the honor of playing with each other. You know, the 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 the, the intricacies of the game that requires such a, a team oriented game. That's what you know uh, creates team, uh, not you know the social afterward. Every team does. You know, so uh, no matter what sport it is. Um, Dan, I want to ask you, we've talked a lot about one vice. Um, my second favorite vice might be gambling. Um, and to, I might ruin any journalistic integrity I had here, but, uh, I will say one of the highlights of going down to Vegas is being able to put a little money on, um, on rugby, which we don't get to do in the United States very much. So if you're an avid gambler, um, the last couple of years, we've had the chance to, you know, there's been a line somewhere or odds somewhere to put some money on the game. Um, will that be back this year with uh, the partner casinos and, and station? Will so the, those who want to partake have a chance to, um, you know, you have a vested interest? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, the, the the line is that uh, um, we we offer the opportunity for our, our partner hotels to do that, um, and of course, as the organizer event, we we have a standoff position whether we say hey. Um, there's plenty of outlets for them to go and set the line of how they do it. It's it's not it, it, it's a way for them to draw more people into their, uh, in, you know, to to drink and to and to you know play the table games and do whatever else that people like to do in Vegas, uh, into the, it, it, within the hotels. It, it's not um, you know sports betting is, is um, uh, you know in in Vegas is only lucrative in, in you know for certain sports, you know, rug, this thing is more of a draw for them. It's a fun thing. It's a cool, it's, it's kitschy, if you will. So, uh, it will be available, Pat. Um, and, but from an organizer perspective, we, we, uh, uh, we just, we ask our, our, our uh, we give the opportunity, excuse me, to our, uh, to our partners. So Caesars, uh, and their four or five hotels that are, that are partners and stations, you should be able to at those places. And, and, uh, we'll probably post that on social media when, you know, probably next week or something like that. Dan, the uh, you and I were both were at the presentation, uh, one of the bigger presentations uh, Las Vegas events gave, talking about the move to Vegas. You'd obviously been in meetings and negotiations long before then. Uh, Las Vegas events, which really uh, pushed to have the the USA Sevens go to Las Vegas, is an organization that's funded by the hotels. Their job is basically to get people into hotel rooms in Las Vegas and to have them. Uh, gamble and eat and drink and have fun in Vegas and spend money there. That's that's their their mandate. It's it's a it's a great sort of business based organization. Uh, so you've got to deliver on that that front, and you know, so, so you get the fans, and 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 it's hard to imagine that the fans are mostly local. The fans have got to be what eighty ninety percent from outside the region, and. And and what's what's the economic impact for the city of Las Vegas? Yeah, it's a good thing. It, it, it's a business model that USA Rugby um, and even down to the state level and uh, GU level uh, as, as this stuff evolves, really need to look after. If you continually move your events, if you continuously try to to do things in every which way, which market and so forth, you don't build a cachet um, with the city. Um, the chambers of commerce, uh, the, 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 the influencers in that city, and therefore you don't have any leverage um, based upon what you're going to do. And so an event like Las Vegas, which is 
um, which is unique on the series in that more than anybody else, including Hong Kong and Dubai, we bring in, which are about 40 or 50 percent, up to 60 at times out of market. We're over 75 percent out of market. You know, so we have 25 percent market, although we have a lot of new uh, things this year. We have to increase our local pieces. We're doing a lot of stuff there. People probably don't know about our adopt the school country program where all 16 uh, national teams go to an elementary school. We do clinics and combines. They do a critical essay contest in the school. They do a design a t-shirt in, in, uh, contest in the school. The, the team goes there, uh, does a pep rally. The entire schools of thousands of kids turn out. Some schools, like the New Zealand school, learn, learn the haka this year to present to New Zealand. So can you imagine 600 kids are going to deliver this? To, to, the, to the New Zealand team, the South Africans are going to be presented with their, their, their socialist, the national anthem to, to the, the team. Uh, I mean, all kinds of wonderful things. We partnered with uh, with some of the youth groups there in the Las Vegas rugby economy with uh, with, with our great friend Baja, who uh, is the ex Eagle Center, uh, and on getting camps out there and doing different things. So you really have to integrate yourself into the city. Uh, in multiple different ways in order to and, – and stay there and be consistent and turn over and let them see what you're going to do, and then you will see the return. Um, you know, our, our, our economic impact went from 12 to almost $20 million for the city last year. It went from uh, 12 and a half to almost uh, – well, over 19,000 room nights for them, um, which is a significant way of, of – uh, of, um, uh, you know, a, a change in the landscape for them, and that it's direct return for them. And so, you have to do that. Uh, you know, and, and for all sponsors, uh, and and the city is your business partner, sponsor, and alike. They they look at your media, your, you know, the the demographic that you have. You know, and we have a great demographic in rugby. We just have to have, we'll find ways of focusing it more. You know, on certain places, and then I think that we can return. And, and in a country so big as ours, um, those those are not easy choices, but they're choices that have to be made. And um, so I'm an advocate of, of, of finding tools replacement in the U.S. and focusing, you know, 80% of our of our events, uh, and then uh, and then par- parachuting in from time to time when 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 you have to. I know that's slightly off tangent, uh, Alex, but it's uh, you know we do return we do return and we return we return it. Um, because we have been there consistently and we have worked on it, and and it's uh, it's not easy. You have to um, sometimes you you won't get the love of the city or the or the the uh, the commission authority or people. But uh, if you think that it's the right demo, the place that you can draw a crowd, then you almost gotta if you build it, they will contact with scenario as well. So it's two different ways of looking at it. I'm glad you mentioned the Adopt a Country program. Uh, that that is a, a a terrific idea to get national teams to go visit. The schools and then the uh, the teachers get some free tickets to accompany uh, kids who want to go. So it's not like you know the the kids say and tell their parents you got to take me. This kid might just say I want to go and the school is taking me. Um, that's a really great idea and um, you know it's good to have a shout out to Vaha Esakia uh, who has done a huge amount of work for the Las Vegas Rugby Academy and and there's a great YouTube video of him uh, teaching some middle school students the the Sipi Tao the uh, the Tongan. Uh, war dance that they do before the game and and the kids are doing a great job um i think i think you realize it's because uh half the new zealand team are uh are uh are, are tongan so uh yeah, so yeah. I, I, uh, a, i'm not very politically correct on this on, on this one. that's okay yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm not very politically we, we, correct about anything that's good well you're, you're obviously rubbing off on me from two and a half thousand miles away for so 
There's a level of osmosis we, going on here. We are going to take a short break, and we will be right back with Dan Lyle uh, talking USA 7s on Rugga Matrix America. Hey, fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. Hey, don't forget, the biggest rugby party in the USA is slated for February 10th through 12th, 2012 in Las Vegas, Nevada. The USA 7's International Rugby Tournament brings the United States and 15 other top international 7s teams to the American Stop on the World Series circuit. It's three days of thrilling action. Go to USA7s.com for details and great hotel and ticket packages. And if you're a player, the Las Vegas Invitational is where you can play rugby before seeing the USA 7s. Presented by Stations Casinos, the LVI is the biggest tournament in the country and offers 7s and 15s playing opportunities for all levels. Go to LVIRugby.com for details on how to sign up and get great USA 7s deals and special rates on Stations Casinos Hotels. Once again, go to LVIRugby.com for details. All right, we're back on Rugby Matrix America, this is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com and, as usual, joined by Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean. And our guest is Dan Lyle, the executive VP with USA 7s LLC, running the USA 7s, which, is at Fe- which we didn't say before, February 10th through 12th in Las Vegas, Nevada at Sam Boyd Stadium. And also, don't forget, the uh, Las Vegas Invitational starts a couple of days before that. So come in early. And uh, and check out those games as well, right next to Sam Boyd Stadium. And about the stadium, Dan, um, the stadium has come under some criticism, and, and I don't know, maybe criticism, not the right word for some of it. But um, two things, uh, well, three things that that strike me about it. First of all, in San Diego, there was so many people were talking about Petco Park. Well, Petco Park is great, and Petco Park is beautiful because it was. And you go to Sam Boyd Stadium, and Sam Boyd Stadium is not the same kind of stadium. It's not the quirky dimensions of a baseball field, um, uh, fewer covered seats, a uh, couple of things like that. Um, the field width was an was an issue. The field is narrower than most of the fields on the IRB circuit. And then um, tell me a little bit about. Um, how the players deal with the locker rooms, because I think the locker room setup was different, uh, is certainly different at Sam Boyd Stadium than it uh, was at Petco. And um, has there been some work done, you know, or, or have you had to do some work to ease people into switching from San Diego and Petco Park specifically to Las Vegas? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the question is what is perfect um, in a lot of ways. And I, I remember... Um, um, first year in Las Vegas and trying to put all the stuff together and, uh, you know, having tried with San Diego from a business proposition with the city and the stadium, which funnily enough, their uh, vice president of events uh, sends me an email every three or four months on how do we, how do we get the, the, the event back? And they were kind of in the transition with new ownership, new way of looking at, uh, at events from the city and so forth. So you know, San Diego is a place that I would advocate as a, as one of those places that we that we do uh, that we do um, potentially look at for long term, uh, not just sevens but fifteens and lots of uh, lots of things going on there with the team there, both men and women. There, there's going to be a growing advocacy there and so forth. That's, but that being said, um, Sam Boyd is is, is not perfect. Um, 
And uh, I was walking around the field the first year, and um, people were kind of like humming and hawing. I was with the referees, which was about 50 of them, uh, talking about things. And, you know, every, everybody's uh, got an opinion, which is great, but uh, everybody's got one. And uh, the Japanese referee, um, who they would follow or have similar issues that we have in Japan, said, um, hey, there's not 10,000 Twickenhams in, in the world. And uh, I think that's a great point for everybody, yeah, right. that we have to understand uh, that we have to build things um, uh, around the world, in the United States, that, uh, that, make, um, that make sense, uh, that are, uh, that where we can protect the integrity of the event and the integrity of the players. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you have to be able to look a little bit past that to you know, what's the you know how do we make things sustainable, and that's a that's a that's a marriage, uh, and as we all know with marriages, um, if you know I just passed my seven year anniversary, and that was the that's the bogey year where everybody says it's about compromise, right? right? And um, you know um, you have to be able to compromise in, in today's age uh, with 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 growing things, and I think that we're you know our long term um, success in Las Vegas will be about them building another stadium, which there's three or four on the, on the pathway there. But it'll be a 50,000, 60,000 indoor stadium. Um, and so we'll still have to bring grass in. We've, we've completely revamped how we're doing that um, with professional turf installers and a b- bunch of things this year. We, we've upgraded all of the facilities for the players, uh, included um, better facilities for the women players. And, uh, and different. And we've done, each year, I think you had elements, as I referenced before, both for the players, for the fans, and so forth. And, yeah, um, the, the shuttle service is something that we that we bear a huge cost on. Um, one of the costs of being there that we didn't have in San Diego because you could walk across a bridge from a hotel into there. So uh, I guess the common theme is that there's trade-offs, um, and uh, you have to uh, try to find the balance, you know, keep your principles uh, as high as you possibly can, uh, and uh, and look after the the, uh, the things that you can look after and uh, – and go from there. You guys, USA Sevens is kind of a vanguard of, um, you know, commercial rugby and commercializing the sport and finding a way to hopefully make it profitable. Um, where do you see the market in terms of, is there is there going to be a market for, everybody's looking for it from Division 1A to this North American pro rugby possibility that we hear about, how for ways for the game to become self-sustainable to where the players aren't the ones having to foot the bill for it. Do you see that it's growing in America to the point where um, someday people are going to be paying for the rights to broadcast games um, and, and people will be paying who aren't rugby players or haven't necessarily grown up as rugby players paying to go see these games? Where do you look? Where do you see us on that path? Obviously, everybody we're working towards it, um, but are we? You know, how far down the road are we? I think, good question, Pat. I think there needs to be a reality check. The reality check is some, some people think it can happen, and some think people think it needs to happen, and you need to start at 50, 50 miles an hour. And uh, what I would say is that you need to be able to look at what you're what you're doing, uh, and 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 look how you're going to scale it over time. Um, and certainly, um, from a, a professional sports model, no matter wherever you look in the world, whether it's the you know English rugby premiership or it's uh, expansion franchises and MLS here and so forth, um, there is a investment threshold by cities, investors, leagues in those, um, uh, whether that, whether those are collective rights that are uh, distributed out, whether that's investment in a new stadium, whether that's uh, literally startup costs. 
and all those things have to be have to have to bear in mind. It's not a uh, necessary and immediate return. If if you if you don't have an investment threshold, then you need to look at you know uh, what are the numbers that we are going to have in and build your expenses around that. And 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 your P and L will look remarkably different than somebody that has an investment threshold or somebody that has a broadcast partner or somebody that has an, an integrated sponsor before they walk into the table. And, and so I would say that um, that we have an investor, an investment within USA 7s and John Prusmak. Um, we have uh, we have profitable events now. Um, his investment is being recouped, uh, but at the same time, looking at new opportunities. Uh, so you have that around the world. We, everybody knows all the different owners in the NFL and the NBA. A lot of us in rugby know owners around the rest of the world in different sports. So those people there. Then you have broadcast partners uh, and what they look to do, look to do, and how they look to return. Sometimes they just say, "Buy the television from me," and it's all up to you. Sometimes they'll partner with you and give you uh, some some and, and help you sell. Sometimes they'll give you a fee, and and all of those things um, are, are are different. What I know is that we took uh, an event uh, in the Collegiate Rugby Championship Invitational. Uh, and it didn't exist. And now, for this year in Philadelphia, we, all of our television sponsors are already done. All of our, you know, we will have our increased gate. It's a profitable event. Um, it, you know, and so, you know, the the long, the four to seven year process that usually takes for, for startups and so forth, you know, really is going to be reached in, in the third year. Um, so. Uh, and that's a, that's a start of it. I think I think college 15s. I think test match rugby in America. I think um, some other uh, uh, accessory events. So what I would suggest is that when people look at events in the United States, they say, okay, what are our tier one events? How do we want to attack those? Which ones do we want to be on television? You know, if we're going to start a league, you know, do we have to leverage these other events? Do, are we a standalone property? You know, do we want to say if there's 500 people? that we take 50% of that, give to the players for their salary and 50% for operating. All those things need to be taken into consideration. If you start if you start with, hey, we have to have television in order to start things, I think that we've been in that rut for a long period of time. And uh, uh, so you really have to take a step back. And then what's our Tier 2 events, which might be more cable, and, and then maybe the next one down might be streamed events, and the next one down might be events where you get a gate, and the next one down are all volunteer army events. You know, so uh, I would like to see a little bit of, of that in, in how we look at things versus, uh, um, hey, it's got to be uh, a, a nationally broadcast event or, or, or we can't do it, or uh, it has to be a, uh, uh, an event uh, where there's no bleachers and we don't charge anything, and those are the only two extremes. Dan, let me ask, where are we in terms of, I kind of put this in that last question, but maybe more specifically, um, where are we in terms of flipping the casual fan? Because I think that a lot of people look at look at that as a critical part of, of of turning rugby into a commercial entity is is flipping the casual fan. Now Vegas is great in that it draws you know a, a great amount of expats and it draws a great amount of already rugby people to Las Vegas and that's kind of our Super Bowl weekend. Uh, the CRC leverages a lot of the college um, brands and you get friends and family and parents and maybe just casual alums in the city and, and in the area. But where are we in terms of flipping the guy who uh, might just watch a little bit of USA 7s uh, because there's nothing else on in that time of the year um, and, turn, and getting him out to come and buy a ticket? Are we, are well, we getting I, closer to, well, to flipping that casual sports fan? Well, I, I, think, I think the, uh, the ticket uh, and the exposure 
uh, are part and parcel, but slightly separate conversations. That and um, I would think that um, with the 30 or 40,000 unique people that come into Las Vegas for our weekend, that turns into 50,000 in the stadium over the two days, so 25 a day. You know, you're you've got that amount of people that are that are turning out to that event. The 17 and a half thousand. 11-ish the first day, 7-ish, 6.5 uh, the second day. Um, and, you know, those are you're, – you're probably talking 20%. Uh, you got 25% local, and I don't think there's a ton of rugby per se in Vegas. So you're, you're turning the casual fan in the local market. That's That's been a persistent thing that we're doing, and we're adding more elements to try to get those people. But I think everybody in rugby – um, now that we've had television, uh, television for 18 months or so, would say that they've had numbers of friends tell them that, that are outside of that know they play rugby but don't really watch it, don't ever pay for an event, aren't part of the rugby family. Say that we, hey, we saw that rugby or hey, that rugby thing was pretty cool and so forth. I mean, with NBC Sports versus last year in Universal uh, so, and, and well now this year NBC Sports Network. Um, so you know, check your local listings, but you know, four to six on NBC both days, uh, Eastern, uh, NBC Universal uh, um, uh, earlier in the day, NBC Sports Network um, before and after on day one and before on day two, um, you know, we had 5.4 million people watch the event over the two days on television in the United States last year, 5.4 million. If you can tell me there's that many people that are playing rugby or played rugby in the last few years, they did that. So I think that the, the casual fan wants to watch it. They like it. Um, but we have to have about four or five years of that type of television response before you can turn around and say and get right speeds. You know what I mean? So we're, we're, we, we had a great um, we had a great number, but we have a large country. You know, uh, so I, I think Pat, that that um, you know all of this uh, cumulatively is about a value proposition. You create a good you put good products together. Um, you put good brands together, you put good um, logistics and operations together, you market it well, um, then I think the American rugby public will consume it. Um, and, I, and I definitely think that we're seeing that the non-American rugby sports public and beyond will consume it. Um, and it's it, NBC's long-term commitment to this is proof that they see that as well. Other t- t- uh, networks, ESPN and others that are sniffing around it, you know, are there, uh, but, um, you know, it's uh, it's there, Pat, and it's a matter of all of us collectively. Uh, if I can't come to Las Vegas, I can't come to Philadelphia, uh, or whoever's going to broadcast the, uh, the, the the college final this year, um, if we can't come, that we definitely set our set our stuff out to, to be, part, be in front of the television for part of it. Uh, and that, all of that it adds value moving forward. So how does that work with uh, NBC right now, um, you know, going from having, you know, a, a bidding war for rights? Um, they, they've partnered with the organiz- with USA Sevens to bring in some sponsors. Um, USA Sevens now uh, do, do you, uh, is able to bring in some sponsors on their own. What kind of sponsors are you able to get? Um, you know, what level of sponsors are you able to get to support this, to, to help support the entire endeavor and, and, and give the, I, I guess part of the other thing is that NBC gets a lot of content. It's not just a two hour thing. It's several, you know, it, it's what, eight hours over two days, uh, each of the days. So they get a lot of content. They also get some exposure for some of their sponsors. And then USC sevens is able to get sponsors on their own as well. And, and, and what are they able to do there? 
Yeah, I, I think one of the greatest things that happened to me was stepping away from USA Rugby and into the strict business of the sport. You know, I, I think that understanding the, uh, the the competition models globally in the United States, certainly having been in a varsity locker room and and, the, and playing club rugby in America, understanding the challenges and strengths of, of our market, you know, were things that I knew uh, and but have continued to evolve. But the business side of things, having set, sat in Bristol, Connecticut with ESPN, their programming, head of programming, sitting in L.A. with Fox, and then working now with our great partners in NBC, um, you see what they need, um, how they sell, what they sell, what agencies look for, what companies look for, which might not be two completely things, what type of budgets are out there for, for, um, uh, for overall sales, how they leverage other sports on their network for growth sports, uh, how they built up other properties like you know, the Ryder Cup and, and Winter Classic and the, the Dog Show in Philly or the Dew Tour or things that, 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 that they have ownership models and adventure models and, and different. And all of these things are really impressive to understand and, and knowledgeable pieces for us as, a, as organizations and rugby people uh, and businessmen to know in order that we can build models for the other products that we want to get out there. And uh, you know, all of that is part and parcel to you know, NBC selling our, what we call our associate level, and people that are there will see their four quadrants on the field and the end zones that are our big partners. Um, we have event level, which is a, which is a really good um, value, um, uh, revenue value for us, uh, which are mostly national um, and some regional. And then we have event sponsor, uh, then we have a regional local sponsorship that's festival and Vegas and, uh, driven um uh, or people that just want to touch and feel the rugby fan that, that's there. So we, we tier our things. Different tournaments do it different ways. Uh, we do it slightly different in Philadelphia. So each event, is, uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all catch. You can't say gold, silver, or bronze, or send me a package. You know, some, some people say, hey, I've got this amount of money to spend, and I want this type of exposure. Uh, so the second part of the answer uh, is, is understanding what companies want, understanding what agencies are looking for, um, and, and being able to... Uh, have end of end of the, of the uh, event reports uh, on how many impressions and, and uh, they got during the broadcast. Um, you know, what, what, what's our web traffic look like? Uh, what's what are our where are people uh, clicking on from Google Ads and, and social media? And spending a lot of time, uh, you know, on focusing on that because it's a huge part of how people are doing business today. So across the board, you're going to be pretty adept and, and understanding, and, and then hire good people. Um, that, that try to uh, that, that, that can focus in on three or four of those areas that I mentioned um, because those are the areas that sponsors w- want to have a dialogue about. Dan, this uh, I do want to change topic a little because I, I think that there is an interesting thing going on in America, and then they've and they've narrowed the coaching search down to four people, uh, your friend Dave Hodges, uh, Paul Keeler from Golden Gate, uh, Mike Tolkien from New York AC, and Les Cusworth of, uh, was with Leicester, but he's basically been the director of rugby down in Argentina and working with the Argentine national team for quite a while, for quite a while, since since the 90s. Um, what's your opinion on... What do you? How the USA should move forward with a head coach? You don't necessarily have to pick a person, although I would know where you would lean. I think, um, but it, it, in the event you do, you do, and in the event you don't, at least the direction that you think they should take. Well, I don't have the uh, th- thanks. 
uh, Bruce, that's a good setup there. Um, the I don't have a uh, the privilege of being able to interview these guys, and so uh, I have to go on what I know, um, both from a uh, technical and a, uh, a personality and so forth. Uh, I've said directly to um, uh, Francois Villon, who's on the committee, who's on who's on who's the IA rep uh, on the on the board, uh, and directly to Nigel Melville, that I think. Um, we need um, strong leadership in three categories uh, for our national team, plural, um, 15s, 7s, and our age grade. And I think that we need uh, uh, coach mentorship, coach, coach, coaching coaches, uh, value there, uh, not just for the guys that are coaching, that are at the uh, – uh, that are in the current positions of All-American and under-20 and so forth, um, and Warren Seven and so forth. But we need to we need to create somewhat arbitrarily, but um, we need to say our top 50 club, college and high school, and put those coaches into a multiple-year mentor growth system. Um, and uh, and so we need a person in charge of that. We also need a person. That um, and, and this would this is that person is uh, could work you know m- more than just those things but it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it would return dividends uh, because it would it's the fish and fishes conversation um, then we need a person that's in charge of player development that um, we know our difficulties we know that we need better decision makers we know that we need uh, more nines and tens we know that we need competent front row athletes. We know that, that the rest of our positions, the back five and the scrum, need to be better decision makers, play at a, play at a better competition level uh, and, and at a faster rate and more often. We know that the, rest of, that the wings and fullbacks and centers and so forth and the centers are the new back rows of, of world rugby and 15s all need to uh, be better decision makers and be more skilled. So we need a player development person that's, that's chasing that at all levels. Um, and then we need a, then we then we need a coach, which could also marry be the high performance director um, uh, that could take the pressure off of the dual role that uh, our currently our CEO has, you know, and be so I think we need three people, and I think that Mike Tolkien and Dave Hodges uh, would absolutely be within within those two people. Uh, I don't know Paul well enough. I think he's got some great success. I don't know enough about him whether he is a in that third position uh, or not, or whether it's somebody else that's out there. Um, so I, I think we need those things. And, and I'm very, uh, and I think that there's a, that those people would also, um, the, the coach mentorship mentor and the, uh, uh, and the player thing would, would serve the same role uh, in um, first 15s, as is in sevens, you know, based on our budgets and our abilities and so forth. So having that, doing that, I think would be, the best of the best of all things. I don't know how uh, somebody comes in that gets paid to the level they need to get paid from abroad now, based upon what I believe will be the the budget for the, the head coach. Uh, can live in America, can get up, up speed on the on the uh, on all of our systems, all of our players, and all those things to where you know it turns it, it turns us into something different than we already are. I think that you have to you have to you have to be here uh, and attack it. Um, with all the American know-how that you can and use the experiences uh, from abroad, the people from abroad, the technical capacity from abroad as it exists and when it exists 
and pull those things much like you would out of any tool belt for any job that you would do. Um, and so um, I'd be happy and pleased with uh, with uh, Dave uh, or Mike in in the senior position. Um, and um, you know, but uh, you know, certainly I know the I know Dave's uh, uh, commodities, uh, and uh, you know. Yeah, and so uh, you know, I, I know that he would be, be great. I know Mike almost uh, uh, not anywhere near as well as Dave. Excuse me. Um, so um, you know, that's my that's my position. I think that uh, hopefully that's favorable and understandable to everybody else. It, it's kind of the same thing that you were talking about with the events, Dan. Is that it? It's not just a case of let's hold an event here and people will come or let's just hire this guy and it'll all be fixed. The, the point, the point you're making, and I think it's a, it's a, a great one is that there's a, a huge job to be done out completely outside of preparing 22 national team players to go play Italy next weekend. That, that gets them there. And, and we may as well start, on that long road, because if we don't start on the long road, the the road's still going to be there five years from now, and we're still going to be saying the same thing. Yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, our, our, the, the track record is there. You know, um, all of the coaches that have came in have had serious, high-level assistant coach, full coach, uh, premiership coach, all kinds of levels abroad. You know, very competent, good individuals, and so forth. Um, all of them have had weaker records than our domestic coaches. Uh, and um, so the system that they're brought into doesn't work. Um, and so bringing another person in um, and, you know, doesn't make a lot of sense, you know. And then even if you say, well, we'll surround them with a different system, you still have a, a, a term where that person is going to have to be, you know, we are, make no mistake to anybody out there, um, you know, we are a completely different system uh, from a school, you know, secondary school, primary school, all these things in the UK, abroad, and, you know, the people know about, we're completely different. Our, 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 our education system, the way that our, we're funded, you know, uh, everything is different. Um, so, how, you know, I remember talking to Paul Vaughn, who was a commercial director at the RFU forever now, is the CEO of Rugby World Cup Limited for 2015. And I asked him, hey, you know, I'm, I'm now in this new position with USA 7. This is several years ago. Tell me about television. What do I need to know? And he goes, look, Dan, if you're perfectly honest, television in, 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 in the U.K. is 100% different than the uh, than television in the, the United States. So I can't really give you a sense uh, of, of how you need to go out and chase that market. You know, and uh, I think that's a relevant relevant to everything that we do. It's not... It's not the same, and so um, it doesn't mean that, that people from abroad um, that parachute in can't be successful. But um, you know, it, it's an uphill it's an uphill climb, um, and um, so my, my gut tells me that we've got two very competent guys right now um, that are very broad in their thinking, um, both domestic and abroad, who can surround themselves with as much due diligence as possible. And I think that whole coach mentor thing is about getting guys that are assistant coaches abroad that we like, that are hard workers, you know, to be able to Skype three or four times a month, you know, pay them a small stipend to, you know, mentor five or six coaches, let that person come over to, you know, Auckland once a year and they come over to the States once a year, go to bat. I mean, get, get 10 or 15 of those mentor people that, that can, that can talk about that and then let us translate it via our, American head of coaching or person to and so forth. And so I look, it's, man, it's a, I don't think it's a hard process. I'm not, it, it, there's not much money to be disposed to do this. These are just shifts and how we evaluate and look at things. 
I agree with you. I think it's got to be a cultural change in, in the way we it, the commitment costs nothing. Enthusiasm costs nothing. You know, I mean, when it really comes down to it and, and organization costs nothing, you know, it's, it's a, it's a matter of directing your priorities. Yeah. I, I think that what I'm seeing around the USA sevens is, you know, success as a thousand fathers and, you know, failures an orphan, Bruce, you know, and, uh, you know, when, you know, it, it, it seems like that we, you know, it's almost that we, um, we don't have any, we don't have any succession um, and longevity to what we do, at, you know, at, at different levels. It's almost let's reinvent it across the board. And I'm not directly focusing on 15s or sevens or high performance. It's about, you know, one person told me years ago when I first started USA Rugby that, you know, USA Rugby is a 30-year-old startup. You know that, you know, if, if one or two people left or this or this change, that it that it, we're almost doing the same things over and over again. You know, uh, out there, and I think that 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 is not uh, that that level of criticism uh, has to be accepted, and then said, okay, well, how do we how do we ultimately change these things? And I certainly think that there are things that are changing. You know, I, I'm a big believer in Kurt Weaver uh, and state state based organizations, and 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 how we and, and that model is ever evolving and so forth. But you know, I'm a believer that you know, why don't why don't why aren't all the GUs 50 states as well? You know, why don't that state based organization and the state rugby association work together, you know, and, and instead of the TUs and the LAUs of which there were 37, let's just morph to that, you know, and uh, that, that's all, those are geographical boundaries that could work across boundaries with, with each other. It, it, it's a relatively simple process. I, I think we overcomplicate things at times. I think that, uh, you know, um, the less bureaucratic uh, uh, that we are, and Bruce, I'll take the, some of your Facebook postings on Ron Paul, although I'm not a, necessarily a supporter of Ron, and, but look, let's, de- let's, de- let's, let's declutter this, you know, and, and then, and then up and then upscale it based upon the needs within those communities. And then USA Rugby then has a clear mission of being able to service the, 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 the three levels in the game, youth and high school, college and club based upon, you know, a really easily understood, not just for rugby people, but really for the rest of the American rugby community, which is where our growth is going to be. I mean, the rest of the American sports community, which is where our growth is going to be. Let me me finish on one thing, because make no mistake, this is a competition. We're competing against all the teams in the world to be better, and we're competing against sports in America for Johnny and Susie's time. You know, so it's a competition, but we should embrace that. That's a good thing. Don't don't think of competition as a bad thing. You know, think of it as something that, hey, you know, if we're going to have higher numbers and we're going to have higher standards in American rugby, then it's a competition. You know, and, and if I'm if I go out, go to my desk and leave my desk, whether I'm a volunteer or I'm a paid staffer, if I've done those two things, I can be proud of myself. You know, and if that's a that's a basic mantra that, um, that 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 if we go across, but it's a competition. It's a fair and open, and we use the the, the ethos of our game in order to compete, and we look much better because we, you know, we we, uh, we compete fairly. Um, but it's that's the way it is. You know. You are listening to Rugga Matrix America. Hey fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. Hey, don't forget, the biggest rugby party in the USA is slated for February 10th through 12th, 2012 in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
The USA Sevens International Rugby Tournament brings the United States and 15 other top international sevens teams to the American Stop on the World Series circuit. It's three days of thrilling action. Go to USA7s.com for details and great hotel and ticket packages. And if you're a player, the Las Vegas Invitational is where you can play rugby before seeing the USA 7s. Presented by Stations Casinos, the LVI is the biggest tournament in the country and offers 7s and 15s playing opportunities for all levels. Go to LVIRugby.com for details on how to sign up and get great USA 7s deals and special rates on Stations Casinos Hotels. Once again, go to LVIRugby.com for details. Well, that is a perfect way to end it. And uh, Dan Lyle, uh, I know you're pretty busy. We've got uh, just a uh, was just a couple of weeks really to go until the big event in Las Vegas, the USA Sevens, February 10th through 12th, and the Las Vegas Invitational starting on the 9th. And uh, I know you got a lot of work to do, but uh, Dan Lyle, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks for being so honest on the coach answer. You were very honest and thorough about it. Thank you. Yeah, it was a good show. Uh, very informative. I think it was probably the second show we've done on the business of rugby. The first one was popular. Hopefully you guys like this one. All right. Well, Dan, thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Well, that was a great show with Dan Lyle, who is executive VP at USA 7s LLC, running the USA 7s tournament in Las Vegas. And uh, it was... Uh, Really informative. And so this is Alex Goff with RugbyMag.com saying don't forget to check out Rugby Matrix America on RugbyMag.com. You can also go to the iTunes store and get the show through there and download it there. You can also check it out on RugbyMatrix.com where you can also see the Rugby Matrix or listen to the Rugby Matrix International Show, which you should do. Also, don't forget we've got a new one coming up. Uh, the the Rugger Matrix coach talk that Bruce does with several coaches around the the world. Really interesting stuff. He really gets into the details on things. And check out those on RugbyMag.com. So for Bruce McLean and Pat Clifton, and thanks to Dan Lyle, this is Alex Goff saying thanks for listening to Rugger Matrix America.